0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. Good to see everybody here. God bless you. Glad you made it out to church today. If you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hand? Our ushers will gladly get you one. Then go with me to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 30. We're back into 1 Samuel 30, still on the wilderness. This is a good one these next few weeks you don't want to miss. I believe the Word of God will really, really help you and instruct you today. So as we get ready to go, some of the characteristics that really separated David from his other men was his desire to to call upon God, to look to God, but also to listen to God. So we'll get rolling here this morning in these scriptures, and I'll fill in the blank here a little bit. 1 Samuel 30, verse 7. Then David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. Now just to fill in the blank here a little bit. If we go back to the beginning of 1 Samuel 30, this is when David and his men, they they lived in a a city called Ziklag that was given to them by the, the Philistines. And remember, they come back from from going out on a war trip. And their wives, their children, everything they have is gone. The only thing they have is what they have on or right there in their hands. And so it's a bad day. Maybe you've had a bad day. Maybe you've had a bad week. And so again, what, what do I do when crisis shows up, when pain comes? And every one of us experience that. But then you would think it would get better, and it actually grew worse. That the six hundred men that David had been so good to, they turn on him, and they want to kill him. And so David, right here, he he tells Abithar the priest, he said, "Bring me the ephod." Now understand this: when David would call on Abithar, all his men knew he's going to see God. When he would call on Job, they know he's getting ready to go to war. But in this sense, it's like David saying, I can't do anything until I hear from God. Or better yet, I'm not going to do anything until I hear from God. There in Acts 17, verse 28, it says, in him we live and move and have our being. I might as well not start to move if I'm not moving in him. So it's like King David said, I'm not going to do anything until I hear from God. Great lesson right there for us. Verse 8, so David inquired of the Lord. Now, I want you to highlight that. David inquired of the Lord. On the worst day of his life, he inquires of the Lord. He doesn't look to man. He doesn't call 1-800-I'M-UP-THE-CREEK. He doesn't Google for you young ones. He doesn't say, hey, Siri, what do you do on the worst day of your life? He gives us a truth that every one of us get, every one of us. He inquired of the Lord. So when we see this, that he inquired of the Lord, what does that look like? What does that mean? Well, look, look at his prayer request here. Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And when you look at what he's saying here, he said, Lord, I need to hear your heart. What do I do? Now look right in the middle of that verse. It says, and he answered him. God answered him. Hebrews 13, 8 says, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Again, I I can't expect God to answer me unless I go to him and I begin to seek him. And I say, Lord, I'm going to get into your presence just like this. And so he said, the Lord answered him. So this tells me right here, we serve a God who tells us what to do to turn tragedy into triumph. And look what God says to him. Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them And without fail, recover all. Now, can you imagine everything that's going on within him? All this hurt, all this pain. I'm telling you, he's mad. You you can guarantee he's mad. You lose your wife and you're mad. And he gets in the presence of God and he hears God says, Pursue, overtake, and recover all. Now, can you imagine what that did on the inside of him? I believe he began to mutter it. I believe he began to say, Pursue. Overtake, recover all, because this is what my God told me to do. And so the the image I get is when he put that ephod, he was in like a little tent. And when he came walking out, all those 600 men, their eyes are on him. They're looking at him. And he's got a pep in his step. There's something different about him. He's got the eye of the tiger where he says, pursue, overtake, and recover all. And that's not what man said. This is what God said. And I believe he, he tattooed that on his heart. And you're going to have to come back next week to hear the rest of the story, okay? That's next week. But this week, when I look at what's going on here, David inquired of the Lord because he needed a word from the Lord. He needed a word from the Lord. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you need some direction? today? How many of you need a word from the Lord today? And so when I look at what this means, there in in Romans 10, 17, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Something happens when I begin to hear the word of God. But the Greek word for word is a word called rhema. The word rhema means a specific word or better yet, a, a fresh word. And so this is why I think he put that ephod on. He, he went in and said, Lord, I, I need a fresh word from you. I, I don't want to look back in history, and sometimes we have the thought, this is the way God moved last time, so this is the way he'll move this time. I believe forever crisis you're in, but i got to seek God. I can't go on leftovers. I need a fresh word. And I believe that's for some of you. You need a fresh word. The second Greek word I want to highlight today is a Greek word for time called kairos. K-A-I-R-O-S. Which means a specific time. So when you, when you combine the rhema and the kairos, you get a specific word for a specific time. That may describe you right now. I, I, I need a specific word for this time right now. Now, turn to your right. You're going to go through the rest of the Samuels. Then you'll come to 1 Kings and go to 1 Kings chapter 19. And as you're turning there, we're going to learn something here on this. Because our God, he he still desires to speak to us. Even, Even when you're discouraged. Even when you're ready to quit. Give up. Even when it seems like the worst day of your life or you're falling apart. Something happens when I get in the presence of God and I wait on God and say, Lord, I'm not going anywhere until I hear from you. I need direction. I I need kingdom direction. I need the direction from the God who created me. Now, in this passage here in 1 Kings, there's a guy named Elijah, a prophet of God, a man of God. But he's all freaked out because there's this crazy woman named Jezebel who wants to kill him. And so this man of God is on the run. So we pick up in 1 Kings 19 verse 9. And there he, Elijah, went into a cave. Now when I say he went into a cave, you know what that highlights to me? I'm going to get away by myself. I'm I'm not going to allow distractions. Do you know it's very hard to, to hear from God when your mind is cluttered? When there's a lot of noise around you. And so he goes to the cave. And he spent the night in that place. So we know he's there at least for the night. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous or passionate for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Now, he wasn't all alone, but think about this. He has this thought, man, everywhere I look, they're wanting to kill me. It's not a great day. And so what we get in here to next is God's revelation to Elijah. God gives Elijah a word. Verse 11. Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore into the mountains. And it broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Now, when he talks about the wind, the earthquake, and the fire. These, these are powerful things. Sometimes this would be the way we look. That God's going to move in this powerful way. And at times he does. But watch in this, this time how God chooses to move. And after the fire, a still, small voice. One translation says a delicate, whispering voice. The sound of a gentle whisper. Now, for me to hear in the still, small voice, the gentle whisper, I'm going to have to learn to get still, and I'm going to have to learn to get quiet before God. And that may mean, man, I've got to get away from social media. i got to get away from movies. i got to get away from everything that's causing the activity or the clutter in my life. But God, he still moves with the still, small voice. And he says in verse 13, so it was when Elijah heard it. So it was when Elijah heard it. And I read this and here's a thought that comes back again. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever God. What does this mean here, right here, when it talks about the still, small voice? Go with me to the book of John chapter 8. John chapter 8. As you're turning to John 8. It's God's nature to still speak to his children. Here's an interesting fact for you. The Lord Jesus said on 15 different times in the New Testament. He who has ears let him hear. Now the question isn't if we have ears. We're all pretty similar. we got, we got two ears. Every one of us in here. So what was Jesus' thought there when he said, He who has ears, let him hear? In Revelation 2, verse 29, he's writing to one of the churches at Thyatira, and he says this, He who has ears to hear, be patient and hear what the Lord says to the churches. When I begin to look at that phrase that Jesus said, who has ears to hear, let him hear. This was literally the definition of that. Learning to develop, to hear with spiritual ears. I've got to develop that. I wish it came naturally, but, but it's a development where I say, Lord, I've I got to hear from you. I've got to learn how to hear from you. And so this is what we're going to talk about. And I believe this is the wilderness's experience here. The Lord said, I want to speak to you. I want to talk to you. But you've got to get still. You know, I've had the Lord just, just with the still, small voice in my life tell me, you pray a lot, but you sure don't listen a lot. I talk, 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 talk. The Lord's saying, I, I want to talk. I want to talk too. I want to But you're too busy talking. John 8, verse 47. He who is of God, hears God's words. He who is of God, hears God's words. The New International Version says it this way. He who belongs to God, hears what God says. The Amplified says, whoever is of God listens to God. And he begins this verse and says, therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Now, the interesting part of he who, has, uh, he who is of God hears God's word, it, it cross-referenced me. Back to the parable of the sower, and you can find that in in Mark 4. But this time it takes me to the passage in Luke 8, 15, which the parable of the sower, it says, And this is the seed that falls on good ground. Those are the ones who hear the word. They have a good heart. They keep it, and they bear fruit with patience. Now, when he gets over here and he says, they hear God's word. I want you to hold hold fast to that thought. They hear God's word. Turn with me just a couple pages to John chapter 10. Verse 27. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. Now it's interesting what he says here. Remember in, in John 8, 47... We hear God's word, but this time he says, they hear my voice. The Amplified says, sheep that are my own hear and are listening. So I I know them and they follow me. So off of these two passages that I'm to hear God's word or to hear his voice, that tells me biblically or even scripturally that this indicates that God still speaks. Now, one of the ways God will speak to you is through the word of God. There's been times I've needed direction and I come across a scripture and I'm like, man, that's exactly what I needed to hear. The word of God, the rhema, that specific word at a specific time. And so an illustration for that would be in even the area of tithing. I don't need to pray to God to ask God to tithe. Lord, I need to hear from you. Do, do I tithe? No, the word of God tells me. Proverbs three nine. honor the Lord with your possessions and the fruits of all your increase. Malachi 3.10, bring all your tithe in the storehouse and let me be meet in my house, that I will open the windows of heaven for you, pour out blessings on you. There will be not room enough for you to receive it, and I'll even rebuke the devourer for your sake. You jump in the New Testament, you'll find it in 1 Corinthians 8, you'll find it again in Luke 6. So again, the word of God can give me direction in that area. But what about the still small voice? Remember, he says, and I want, I, I want you to know my voice. So John, or not John, Romans 8, verse 14 says, those who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Romans 8:16 says, the Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit. He'll begin to speak into your heart. He'll begin to, to minister to you with that still small voice. Now let me give you an illustration how that still small voice would work. Years ago when me and Shelley began to date. After we dated for a number of months. I knew in my heart I was going to marry her. How did you know? I just knew in my heart. Where would you find that in scripture? I never found a scripture that specifically says, you are to marry her. So again, how did you know that? That still small voice that God began to speak into my heart. And again, it it comes from this learning to get into his presence. If I'm to know his voice and I'm to follow him, I got to get in his presence. Let me give you another illustration. Back in the year 2000, we had some people that came to us and said, hey, Would you all consider starting a church in Lubbock? I said, let me pray about it. I began to pray about it. And I got in my heart. We're supposed to do this. I didn't find a scripture that said, hey, stupid, go over there and start a church. And so we begin this church. And and for over three years, we commuted back and forth from Clovis to Lubbock every weekend. And then after about two and a half years, I begin to sense a shift. I didn't find scripture that said it's time now, but so how did you know? There was that still small voice. And I remember in early January that year, we could tell stuff was beginning to change. And so we put our home on the market. Not one look in January, February, or March. Not one person. But you know what? We didn't hit the panic button, we knew God's got a plan. And then that year at the Men of Iron was in April. And Shelly called me and she said, I'm getting numerous offers on our house. We hadn't had any for three months. And all of a sudden, here it comes. And so we went before the Lord. And it was God's direction, that simple, small voice. And, and things begin to happen. And so within a, like a, a five-day period we sold our house, bought a house, and moved here. And you could just see how God began to speak in that voice. That still small voice. When I take time to get into his presence. And this is what he's talking about right here to us. John 10, go with me to verse 1. And we'll take you through some things here. John 10, verse 1. Most assuredly, surely, or truly, truly, I say to you... He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. He who does not enter the sheepfold. In other words, he he who does not enter where the sheep are at, if he doesn't come by the door, he comes here illegally. So literally what this is talking, it's talking about the Lord Jesus. Jesus came to this earth Legally, You know how you come to this earth legally? you got to be born of a mother. Jesus had a mother and he said the other one is a thief and a robber. Speaking of the devil. The devil doesn't have no mother. And so he's here illegally. But if you'll notice what he said, it's where the sheep are at. Verse 2. But he who enters by the door legally... Is the shepherd of the sheep. So again, do you see this here? The combination of the connection? This is the Lord Jesus. So me and you, we are rooted in the shepherd to sheep model. Sheep is who we're called to be. And so if we're called to be sheep, you know what sheep do? They need a shepherd. They need to follow the shepherd. Verse 3. To him... The doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep are familiar with his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. Well, how do I become a sheep? I got to ask the shepherd, the Lord Jesus, to be my shepherd. I got to ask him to be my Lord. And here's a great thought for you right here today. If Jesus is Lord of your life, he knows your name. He knows who you are. He's aware of you. Verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. For they know his voice. You know, sometimes sheep have the capability of wandering off on their own. And when they wander off on their own, sometimes it's because of disobedience. And when I wander off on my own, I can suffer great consequences. Other sheep, they wander off because they never know His voice. And he tells me right here, this is his desire, is that we know his voice. Now, how do you know someone's voice? The only way I ever get where I know someone's voice is I got to spend time with them. To spend time with them, that's how I have a relationship. If someone does ask you what it means to be born again, it's I have a relationship. So if I have a relationship, that's a must. I got a fellowship with them. I got to get to know their voice. Let me give you a little illustration how this may help you. Me and Shelly have been married 38 years now. Now, if she called me right now on the phone and I answered and said hello, and she began to speak, I wouldn't say, Who is this? And she'd say, It's Shelly, and I'd say, Shelly, who? And some of you young ones would say, well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist anymore. You got a cell phone and on your cell phone it says Shelley." But let me help you with that a little bit. Now, this may be shocking to some of you young ones. But when me and Shelly started dating, there, there was not a thing called a cell phone. At all. And so what began to happen over time... Is we begin to hang out and we begin to fellowship together, and the more we hung out and the more fellowship we had, the more we became familiar with each other's voices, and we begin to recognize that voice. Now, now just think about this: it's a progression, it didn't happen overnight. But the more I hung out with her, the more I became familiar with her voice. So when I talk about a relationship with Jesus and being familiar with him, that means I've I got to make time for Jesus. i got to get around Jesus. You know, you'll never establish a relationship with another human being until you have fellowship with them and communication with them. Part of the problem I see to this day is we've gotten so used to looking at screens and cell phones. The only way you ever get to know someone intimately is to be able to to sit in their presence. What are you saying, Pastor? Some of you may ought to put that cell phone up for a little bit, okay? Okay. And begin to look right in the eyes of other people. Something happens when I do that. But today it's in these lines with the Lord Jesus. Now go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. And where I'm taking you with this. Is the apostle Paul. He talks about here in Ephesians 5. What a marriage covenant looks like. And when you see this. This, this is how God wants our relationship to the Lord Jesus to be. So we begin uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Preach it, pastor. Let them have it. Tell them. Wives, submit, submit, submit. The word submission here is rooted in the word trust. You never submit until you learn to trust. And so I must be willing to learn to grow in a relationship. So the more that Shelly trusts me, the more she submits to me. But here's another deal, guys. God never intended this right here, this submission, for me to be an endeavor to dominate. It wasn't for me to treat uh, Shelley like a doormat, okay? And the scriptures begin to, to show this over and over. Who Pastor, you're preaching good. My goodness, that's good. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church and is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. It doesn't say they're to submit to every man on earth. They are submit to their own husbands. Why is this so important? Because I believe this right here. Without both sides in their proper place. The structure that God created. The family, the church and society. It's going to topple. If I don't learn to do it God's way, and furthermore, order is not all there is to the point. It's ultimately about a relationship. You know what a relationship is about? Give and take. There's two or three of you that are agreeing. Verse 24. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church. Let me ask you something. How did Christ love the church? Unconditionally. You know what he said? I'll give. I'll give. I'll give. I came to give. See, when I look at this model right here, that's that's my description. I came to give. I came to serve. The Lord Jesus, if you remember, he said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. But look how he ends, verse 25. And he gave himself for her. Better stated, wives are supposed to submit. Husbands, you're supposed to die. Ow! Wow. You guys want to trade places? So again, when you look at this... He's talking about a covenant relationship. So if it's really a covenant relationship, wouldn't that include communication and fellowship? And actually later on he says we are to nourish and cherish one another. He didn't say we're supposed to beat each other up. Drag you around like a dead dog. That's not what he said. But his desire is that of a relationship that's birthed out of trust. But it only happens when I spend time with him. And I can tell you right now, God doesn't have laryngitis. God's desire is to speak. And so every one of us in here, when I need direction, Man, the best place to go is is i got to get around God. And one of the most humble things that you can do as a human being is say this. Father God, I don't know what to do. But you do. And I welcome you. I welcome you. And so when you look at what we're talking about here in this. having uh, uh, Hearing from God is... It's not just a primarily a, a behavior. It's my identity. This is who I'm called to be. I'm, I'm, I'm called to hear the voice of the shepherd. But it only happens when I get in his presence. And here's some exercises that every one of us are going to have to learn to do. I could start right now. And I could tell every one of us. I want you to bow your head and be still and be quiet before the Lord. And I could sit right here and we could have total silence in here. And after about a minute, some of us will begin to squirm. And some of us will become very fidgety. But I believe this is one of the greatest homework assignments So even in my own life. I said earlier, there's times, and I'll pray and pray and pray. And the Lord will say, would you be quiet long enough for me to to, to talk to you? I got some stuff I need to tell you. And so I've had to learn to come in here and just be sit, sit and be still, be quiet. Be still and know that I'm God. And, And here's the problem that we run into in this society we live in how many of us can go to sleep at night unless I have the TV on or the radio? I'm, I'm, I'm not throwing a stone at you. I'm, I'm saying we are so addicted to noise. i got to have some noise. I can't sleep without noise. And then guess what? We're, we're so accustomed to the ATM or the drive-up window Now, God. Now. I I need it now. And when God doesn't move in the first 30 seconds, He doesn't listen. He doesn't hear nothing. He does. Be still and know I'm God. The still, small whisper, that still, small voice. And one of the guys in the first service, he was telling me that I was so busy in life. And he said, I I, I had surgery on my foot. And in that time of surgery on my foot, he said, I had to slow down. And I slowed down enough. Guess what happened? I heard from God. And he was like, God was telling me, I've been pursuing you for months, but you were too busy to listen. And when he said that, I thought, that's me. I can get so cluttered with activity. God's wanting to speak. Just stand up here. See, could this be part of the wilderness experience? The reason I don't have direction in the next phase of my life. The reason I don't have direction in the next step of my life is I've never heard from God. And I can tell you right now, if you jump the gun and get out there before God's told you, you better get ready. Because you're out there on your own. And when I'm out on my own, it's disaster. But I always know this, and here's a statement of mine. I would rather be late than early with God. You know why? Because when I'm late, at least I know I'm God's floor plan. I'm right there with... the man, when I get in a hurry, God, you're not moving fast enough. I'm getting old. I'm 17. <laughs> I'm not going after you, Seth. I'm going after me. That was me. God, hurry up. My hair's turning colors. You can turn colors, just don't turn loose. Hurry, God, hurry, 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 hurry. McDonald's is 12 seconds. Hurry. You know why I know I'm getting you in the heart? Because we're all sheep. And we're very similar. Before they sing. I want you to get real still. Just real still, okay? Bow your head. And this may be something new to some of you. Drop your brain into neutral, and just with that sweet sweet whisper to God, God, I want to hear from you, and I'm gonna get real quiet. a minute but I believe it's in moments like these the Lord will speak it's those cave experiences I'm going to throw something out here I believe one of the secrets with King David was this that he he began to learn how to hear from God when he was a teenager I, I say that for all you young ones in here when he was out there tending to the sheep and it was just him and God because when he went in to fight Goliath and he looked to God and I believe this is what separated him over the years is, I'm going to hear from God Here's what we're going to do this morning. I don't know what type of direction you're needing. But something happens when I humbly come before God and say, God, I, I need to know what to do. But you know, God wants to be involved in your job. I, I don't know what to do with my kids. God will help you. I, I, I don't know what to do in my marriage. I don't know what to do in in this circumstance. I I don't. Man, it's a humble thing to come before God. And so the first thing we're going to do here today is we're going to let you come down here and say, Father God, I'm I'm coming before you. And I believe it's very important that we say to Father God, Father God, I want to know your still small voice. I I wanna know you in an intimate way. And I I can tell you these story after story in my life where I've heard God say, do this, go this way. I knew in my heart. And there's in other sides where I've sensed God to say, no, don't do that, don't do that. And in my own life, I can tell you this right now, I've run spiritual red lights. You think a tickets costly in the natural, you run spiritual red lights? Adam just fly around I've had to repent for those and say Lord I heard your voice I knew that was your voice and I chose not to obey it And so here's what God wants to do God wants to connect to us today and I believe the one way we do we respond and we come to the altars and say Father God I'm coming before you so that's the first thing to say but here's the deal the shepherd only sheep that speaks to the sheep. Are you a sheep today? Well, oh, I don't know. Well, the only way you know is if you've made Jesus Lord of your life. Where you ask Jesus to come into your heart and be Lord, of, and you get born again. And what I love about sheep there's black sheep, and white sheep, and swirl sheep, and little sheep, and a bunch of other sheep. But God loves all the sheep. Remember, He knows you. He's aware of you. So as they begin to sing here, I, I welcome you to come down here and say, Father God, we're making a pack. And listen, if God speaks to your heart, great. Some of you are going to have to get away and get in a cave. Some of you are going to have to get in the presence of the Lord and say, Father God, I'm going to seek you this week." Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlebeck.com.